Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by no one. <laughs> it's just me. Um, mostly because I fucked up this week and forgot to ask someone to record, and then I was sitting uh, at one of my other jobs because I'm a millennial, so I have 20 jobs. And 20 jobs because I'm lazy. You know, eating my avocado toast. I was sitting at one of my 20 jobs and staring off into space, as you do. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Friday. I should record a a weekly recap episode, even though I think I could have gotten away with not doing it because it's Memorial Day weekend and, you know, the troops. I don't know. I probably could have told you guys I'm taking off for Memorial Day and you would have been lovely about it. But I'm here. Mostly because there's so much to rant about, and I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. But hello, how are you? How's it going? This is Light Treason News. If you're new to the show, I'm Allison Kilkenny. I'm your host. No big deal. Usually I have a co-host, but listen, sometimes I don't because scheduling is a nightmare. And I'm really, really good at doing this, so I can fly solo sometimes. I'm not psycho Ben Shapiro who just talks to himself Every day on the reg. Can you imagine? I'd go batty. I don't know how he does it. Badly, obviously, but you know what I mean. So, hello. If you're new to the show, uh, here's the format of what you're about to listen to. Every show is divided into thirds. We talk about the pop culture up top. Then we get to the bad news. Uh Uh-oh, but don't worry. We end stuff with good news. Every episode, we end with the good. Sometimes a little bad sneaks in there because, um, you know, it's hard to stay optimistic these days. But we try. We try on this show. So, first and foremost, I got to talk about Game of Thrones. Listen to me. Don't skip ahead. Don't stop the episode yet. I'm going to try to talk about it in as spoiler-free as a way of a way as I can And I know some of you are listening and you're like, come on, the finale's been out for a while. Screw you if you don't want to hear spoilers. Just get caught up. But I know some people are like starting from season one right now, and I don't want to ruin it for them. But guess what? Here's what you can do. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. And if you go over there, if you sign up as a supporter, you can hear a very special bonus episode I did with Sally from The Struggle Bus that was very fun. We are going to record a follow-up to that episode because we had recorded that bonus episode when there were two episodes of season eight of Game of Thrones left. So we have not had a chance to discuss the finale apart from our frantic texts to each other. I wake up pretty regularly to mm, 40 texts from Sally about Game of Thrones where she's just trying to deal with her emotions. I'm trying to deal with my emotions. We're going to deal with our emotions together with another bonus episode that I'll post over at my Patreon. And we're going to try to do it after the Game of Thrones documentary airs on HBO because I have a feeling that is at the... If I was going to be generous, I would say it will offer us some insight into what happened (laughs) with season eight. 
if I was being less generous, I would say maybe this is going to be D&D propaganda about why they're amazing storytellers and we're a bunch of ungrateful ingrates. I don't know. We'll see. So we're going to watch that and then we'll record the bonus episode. So if you want to hear that, go sign up at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. Um, Matt wrote, <laughs> commented on the last bonus episode I posted and said, just listen to this today, a week after the finale. And I rather, I would rather have watched your version because Sally and I were speculating about what we wanted to see in the finale. And we had some really great ideas. And um, I predicted one thing that happened that I won't get into because it is a spoiler. But everything else I wanted did not happen. <laughs> uh, not saying I'm a better writer than D&D, but um, I at least would know not to have a female character say she was stronger because of her rape. So, uh, feelings, feelings about Game of Thrones, feelings about the finale, very uneven like the rest of season eight. I do think there were some gorgeous shots. I'm concerned about this habit that Twitter has about going ultra negative about almost everything. And here's the reason I think it's harmful. And I don't want to be that person who's like, oh, social media is toxic and all that stuff, because I actually think... The Dem Thrones hashtag is one of the greatest contributors to our culture of all time. <laughs> like, it was just such a party every week. The memes that came out of that were brilliant. Um, the tweets from Dem Thrones was brilliant. So, like, and a lot of them were negative, and I thought they were very funny, though, you know, um, which in its own way can be productive, being funny in a negative way, or being negative in a funny way, I should say. But I saw people just trashing the show to the point where they were like I now hate the show and to me that's like such a waste because to throw away the rest of the series because season eight wasn't good I don't know I know it's disappointing that it didn't have a good ending but I in in trying to reflect on the entire series I was trying to remember all of the tremendous highs you know like the writing the acting the set design, the costumes, what an achievement, you know, it, it was really a, an amazing show. And I think there were amazing moments in season eight. And I think there were amazing moments in the series finale, uh, beautiful shots, beautiful tracking shots of Tyrion walking through the city and the raining ash and all of that, uh, Drogon, the, that CGI was gorgeous. And, I don't know. It seemed like people were in a rush, too, because they're annoyed with D&D. &D and I, believe me, I get it. They did a, a lot of fucking weird, bad stuff this season. I don't know why they didn't take more episodes from HBO. I will never understand that. But I think it's wrong to say it was, like, irredeemably bad through and through. I think there were great moments. I think a lot of where the characters ended up makes sense. We got there way too fast, way too sloppy. I understand why everybody's in their feelings about it. But I don't know. Try to remember the good, too, because there's so much bad. And, and you like that show at some point. And it brought you happiness. So don't do that to yourself. Don't throw that away, you know. Um, I think it's fun to be negative on Twitter. I, I am constantly negative on Twitter. But I've been trying to also say uh, stuff I like. Like, um, for example, one of my other recommendations in, in this section will be Barry. 
I'm so fucking annoyed at myself that it took this long for me to watch Barry. Everybody at UCB was telling me to watch Barry. And I was like, yeah, 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 I will. Bill Hader, I love him. I love him. I'll get to him in a second. And it took me, you know, two seasons before I was like, okay, finally, finally, I'll watch it. Everyone's amazing in it. The writing's great. I mean, just like the most charming cast you could ask for. Anthony Kerrigan as NoHo Hank is one of the best characters I've ever seen. And what's really remarkable about Barry is it's tremendously popular on HBO at a time when it was sort of competing with Game of Thrones. Not that it had anywhere near the audience, but the fact that Barry hung in there while Veep and Game of Thrones were on HBO, I mean, fucking good on you, Barry. But Barry's great. I love it. I recommend it. And yeah, I just, I'm trying to say like stuff I like on Twitter too, because I don't know what it is about human nature that we, we rush to say all the bad stuff before we say any of the good stuff. So I've been talking up Barry on Twitter. The Veep finale, series finale, is one of the best finales I've ever seen. There is a move by Selena, Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character, that is so cutting and so brutal, it could have easily fit into Game of Thrones. And a lot of people are saying that, actually, that you know Game of Thrones character development has really gone down the crapper, um, and that, weirdly, Veep had this sort of Machiavellian twist that was more ruthless, more, more pure than anything that had happened in Game of Thrones, and I loved it. So if, you're, if you've been watching Veep or if you dropped off and stopped watching it, um, I would highly, highly recommend. And so I was sharing those positive thoughts on Twitter where I was like, Veep's amazing, Barry's amazing. I'm just trying to do that more because... I think there are tons of valid criticisms of Game of Thrones. Do not get me wrong. You could criticize Game of Thrones in a constructive way all day. Um, how they, the writers depict race in Game of Thrones, uh, racism in Game of Thrones, sexism and misogyny in Game of Thrones, rapes in Game of Thrones. You know, like we can go on and on and on. And there were a lot of fascinating conversations around that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you are unhappy with a season's arc. Therefore, Game of Thrones is canceled. Therefore, Game of Thrones is trash. And I don't think that's helpful. Because then it's like, well, what are we actually critiquing here? If you're so willing to quickly throw away the good with the bad, then I can't really take your analysis seriously. Whereas, if you sort of itemize everything and say, here's all the good stuff I liked... And here's all the bad stuff <laughs> that undeniably happened in this season and over the course of the series. And let's try to weigh the good against the bad. I, I feel like that's just more constructive for the future of storytelling. Because if we encourage the good, if we sort of seed all the good stuff, then maybe it'll spread. Maybe it'll catch on. Maybe writers will respond to that stuff like, hey, remember when D&D &D got roasted alive? No pun intended. Dragons. Uh, by their audience because they really rushed that last uh, season of Game of Thrones. Let's not do that again. Versus, oh, who fucking cares? Twitter's going to be mad anyway. <laughs> you know, like everybody's pissed off on Twitter. 
I don't know. Maybe that's just me as an old person ranting. But I like, I don't know, guys. If something makes you happy and you liked something for seven seasons, you don't have to stop liking it because you didn't like the way it ended. By the way, endings are hard. Again, not to excuse D&D. And Veep's a great example of how you can end something spectacularly. Um, but, you know, like, it, it was sort of, I feel, inevitable that people were going to be disappointed, that it was going to be a tad anticlimactic. It didn't have to be that anticlimactic, if you know what I mean. But anyway, that's how I feel. How do you feel? Hashtag light trees and pod. Obviously, we can get into more spoilery stuff on the bonus episode, and you can really unleash in the comment section. Uh, but I am trying to preserve a little bubble here in case someone has not seen the series yet or just started their journey. Because, again, remember, it is a fucking good show for a long time, and I don't want to ruin that for people. So enjoy. I feel like maybe future generations will have it a little better than we did because they will be culturally braced to be disappointed by the ending. So maybe they'll enjoy the journey a little more. I don't know. Is that a thing? Maybe. Um, also in recommendations, in addition to Veep and Barry, which, guys, are you watching Barry? Are you watching Veep? Did you finish Veep? Let me know. You could just tweet me. I'm on Twitter, at Allison Kilkenny. Although, put it up on the Light Treason pod hashtag as well so you can find other little troublemakers to talk about this stuff with. My favorite thing we do, speaking of my Patreon, is my $10 a month supporters and higher, if you can believe it. We do monthly hangouts and, I'm sorry, monthly online hangouts. I keep forgetting to say that. It's a very important distinction. We hang out online and we talk about everything we're watching and listening to and reading right now. And I love watching. Sometimes I just like dip out for 10 minutes and I come back and you guys are all talking and recommending stuff to each other and getting along. And it's awesome. Sharing photos of your pets. I love it. So do use hashtag like trees and pod to find other troublemakers. And let me know what you're watching, what you're liking right now. My other recommendation. Have you seen the new Westworld trailer? What do you think? How do we feel about it? I liked it. I did not have the experience that some people had, which was, and I cannot imagine going through this, watching or bracing yourself to watch one of the final episodes of Game of Thrones. Was it the series finale? It might have been. So getting in the headspace where you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm about to watch the last episode of Game of Thrones ever. And then seeing this trailer for this weird sort of futuristic dystopian, I don't know, crime show? I, like, I don't even know what people, what genre they thought it was when it started. And then being like, oh, Aaron Paul, okay. Okay, he was so good in Breaking Bad, all right. And then in the last second of the trailer, being like, is this Westworld? What? What is happening? There's no cowboys. Nobody's in costumes. Or nobody's in period costumes, I guess I should say. Aaron Paul's dealing with robots. What's happening? I like it. I'm really excited. I, I do miss uh, some of the characters. And I'm hoping that they'll pop up through 
this season, but I really, really like the idea of subverting expectations like that and just being like, because so many people were like, what are they going to do now that, I, I guess, spoiler, if you're not caught up with Westworld. Sorry, people who aren't caught up with Westworld. I'm not going to afford you the same courtesy as I did the Game of Thrones people. But, um, you know, spoiler, if you don't want spoilers for Westworld, skip ahead to the music cue. But the end of, uh, what's it se- what season are we on? Is it season two? Yeah, end of season two. Uh, they leave the park, the theme park. So it's like, okay, what the fuck are they going to do now? And there was a lot of that, you know, speculation. Like, can they, sort of in the same way that people speculate about uh, D&D, how are they going to end this show? Spoiler, not well. <laughs> you know, like, but there was a lot of buildup. And in the same way, people were like, well, how's Nolan, what are they going to do with the end or what are they going to do next season now that they're out of the park Uh uh-oh there's no possible way they can keep the show going it'll it'll probably be bad and listen series or season hasn't aired yet It, it might be bad but I'm very excited to see that they just really turned hard into that where they were like okay we're in a different world now we are in a totally different world and we have one character who will be the threat that pulls us through the entire thing and sh- and she'll be in the last second of the trailer but up until that it will be Aaron Paul who you know from an entirely different show that's ballsy storytelling and it's super exciting i really like that and you know especially at a time when there's just reboot after reboot or or continuation of stories like listen i love game of thrones but we're going to be living with game of thrones prequels for like the next decade, if you think that franchise is over, you high, son. It made them too much money. They're going to keep making them. So, and while I recognize Westworld isn't in a totally original story, it is a, it's in itself a retelling, it feels new and fresh enough where it, it, it is original storytelling for us, right? It's not like, and listen, I say this as an MCU fangirl to the extreme you all know I talked about I talk about Marvel all the time I love Marvel I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe but like we 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 know what it's like to watch another Iron Man movie we know what it's like to watch another Avengers movie right um but this feels like uncharted territory where where so many people were like we don't know where they're going to go now and then we saw this trailer and we were like oh shit okay (laughs) everyone was surprised no one was like yawn predictable that really threw everybody for a loop and that's also they tell you not to do that in storytelling you're never supposed to have your audience be confused for an entire trailer like what is this and then at the last seconds reveal Oh, by the way, it's a show. You're not supposed to do that in storytelling, and they fucking did it, which was very ballsy. So I'm a fan. Did you see it? Is anybody watching Westworld? That's another one of those shows where I feel like talking about it, I'm like, that you can't have that assumption like you had with Game of Thrones where it was like, yeah, we're all watching it, right? We all know what I'm talking about. Do you guys watch Westworld? I mean, I just talked about Veep and Barry. Although I feel like Veep, the chances are better that maybe you guys have seen it. But Barry? I don't know. Who has better ratings, Barry or Veep? I don't know. Who am I talking to? Guys, how do you feel about all those recommendations? Do you have any recommendations? Hashtag Light Treason Pod on Twitter. Also on Facebook, give us a like over there. 
also on Instagram. You can comment on any of those places. I just tend to talk about Twitter because I'm on Twitter the most, being negative. And on that note, speaking of negative, here's your bad news. Oh boy, where to start? Okay, I guess let's start with people being sexist because that is uh, always with us, right? And I could always read a million stories about that. So let's start with Elizabeth Warren and the Washington Post discovering apparently for the first time that... Uh, sorry, a clip started playing on my computer and scared the shit out of me. Uh, the Washington Post apparently discovering for the first time that Elizabeth Warren was paid a reasonable fee for providing legal services to uh, clients that were not at least totally evil. Which may not seem like a big story, but when you phrase stuff like, while teaching, Elizabeth Warren worked on more than 50 legal matters, charging as much as $675 an hour. Which, you know, when you phrase it that way, for someone who doesn't know how much legal services usually cost, the framing of that leads a reader to believe that's a lot of money for somebody to charge. And it is a lot of money. But not when you actually examine the field at large. When you do, you see that is a very reasonable fee. Some might see a very a very low fee. If you worked for a big law firm, you could charge thousands of dollars an hour. So uh, the issue seems to be that Elizabeth Warren, who's very good at her job, um, had the nerve to ask for money. <laughs> for having worked for people, which, you know, is ridiculous and is also very sexist because is any other male politician running for president now scrutinized like this? No. We're not learning the hourly rates of any of the male politicians or any any of the male politicians charge in their own jobs. It's only an issue because it's Elizabeth Warren. And this might sound familiar because it's also something that always happens with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. If you are a principled woman, if you're an outspoken woman, the press is going to examine you way more closely than they do a career male politician or or a a, a milk toast male politician. You know, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is criticized. <laughs> there was one. I forget what publication or if it was some like right wing blogger, but after a protest, she she got into a van and it drove off. And I, I think the protest was about the environment or something. And they were like, wow, she just climbed into a gas guzzling vehicle after this protest. And it turned out the reason she got into that van is because like half her family was in there. And they were, like, carpooling together to their next destination. So that was the most convenient way to get a bunch of people to the next location. It's so, like, totally undercut. And thankfully, AOC is, like, phenomenal at Twitter and destroying stuff like that before it can really blow up or go viral. So she immediately was like, yeah, my extended family was with me. (laughs) I had to get in a van. Sorry. Um, 
But, you know, this is stuff that always happens to people like AOC, like Elizabeth Warren. Um, and again, I can't stress this enough. $675 an hour is very, very low. Very low. Top attorneys can rake in $2,000 an hour. So really, what's the outrage here? And I have to believe people at the Washington Post know that. They know that $675 an hour isn't a huge amount of money. Um, and, th you know, this happens with Bernie Sanders, uh, although he handled it really badly when he uh, it came to light that he made a lot of money on his uh, book deal. And he was like, well, listen, however much money it was, it was quite a lot of money. But he's like, that's not even that much money for a book deal. <laughs> like, uh, that just looked really bad because it was like, no, actually, that is a lot of money. Maybe not a lot of money to you. Maybe not a lot of money in this scheme of book deals. But you have to acknowledge that is a lot of money. Like typically, for a typical American, that is a lot of money that you got. But you're always going to be open to that if you're a, a, a left-wing politician because your platform is bringing it to the rich. And if the press gets wind of you making $600 an hour, they will jump on that because they're like, oh, you don't like rich people, huh? Well, then why did you charge money for a job you did? And it's like, it, it's, it sounds absurd because it is absurd, but it is a line of attack purely aimed at leftist politicians. Um, maybe not purely, but it, there definitely is this sort of salaciousness to it. Because I think the press just really likes exposing hypocrisy. Except in this case, it's not hypocrisy. It's just now it seems like they're saying that a woman shouldn't charge people for her work. Or how dare she charge so much, even though it's not so much. It's perceived as so much. But how dare she say that the, the quality of her work is that high. And that's when it's just revealed as like the, tech, the sexist you know, tripe it is. So, also in sexism, uh, fortunately I'm going to have to talk a lot about Nancy Pelosi today, but have you guys seen this sexist video that was edited to make Nancy Pelosi look drunk? This is so fucking creepy for so many reasons. First and foremost being, this feels new in a way. Because in previous election cycles, we've had to deal with like this, you know, like the skewing of news or, pr or propaganda, like taking a, a quote out of context and completely misconstruing it. But that all feels different than actually editing video, like altering video. It feels like we are just like a hop, skip and a jump away from like, I almost said fake photographs, but we also had that with Trump's inaugural photos and how Robert Gibbs was trying to claim that, Robert Gibbs, sorry, no, um, that Sean Spicer, other pale white guy, Sean Spicer, uh, did kind of do that photo manipulation thing, or he didn't do it himself, but he was the spokesperson for it. So I guess we are at that moment, but man, this is if this is like a taste of how fucking crazy 2020 is going to be, holy shit. Every presidential cycle, I'm like, well, this is, this can't get wilder, but this is really, really brazen. So 
distorted videos of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi altered to make her sound as if she's drunkenly slurring her words are spreading rapidly across social media. Um, and Trump, uh, so in this clip, she said that uh, Trump's refusal to cooperate with congressional investigation was tantamount to a cover-up. So this is the video that's edited to make her voice sound garbled and warped. It was then circulated widely across Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Um, and then Trump tweeted it. So here's what's so wild about all this. And it, it's, it re ugh, it's just like you can't undo damage like that once it's out. But a conservative Facebook page, Politics Watchdog, has uh, posted the video and that version of the video has been viewed more than 2.3 million times. Been shared more than 46,000 times. And garnered 25,000 comments. So here's my question, Facebook. Why is this page allowed to spread lies? Isn't that like part of your whole commitment now? To, and I'm saying this very facetiously, don't tweet me like, do you really believe Facebook was going to do that? No, I don't. But they made this promise where they were like, we're really going to crack down on this, you know, uh, right wing propaganda shit where they misrepresent stories. Uh, the lies, the lies that the, the right is spreading and the confusion and the misinformation that like all of your aunts and uncles are reposting on Facebook we're going to do our part to crack down on that. Well, one step would be to ban politics watchdog because they posted this video that has been altered. This is a lie. And so far 2.3 million people don't know it's a lie. Um, and then how do you roll that back? It's, it's virtually impossible to roll that back once it's out there. Cause people are like, I saw it on the internet. It must be true. So, yeah, I'm just like, if this is a sampling of, just to tell you where I'm at right now, uh, emotionally and spiritually and mentally, I'm cradling my head in my hand right now as I record this. <laughs> I just, if this is a taste of 2020, I just, we're, uh, not that we, not that we inhabit the same planet of reality right now as is, right? Like if you ever, if you're ever feeling mentally strong, go to one of the right wing websites and just see what they're talking about. Because it's almost at this point like they're talking a different language. Like it took so long for the left to learn about what Pizzagate was that by the time we all got caught up, a guy went to the pizza place where Democrats, including Hillary Clinton, were allegedly having sex with children and he had a gun. And, like, thankfully, did not kill anybody. But it took us that long to even be, like, I'm so, like, to orient ourselves. Like, what's happening? What are they talking about? What do they believe? That guy has a gun. What's happening right now? That's how separate, that's how balkanized our media is these days. We have no fucking idea what they're talking about. We have no fucking idea what they're watching. They have no fucking idea what we're talking about. They don't understand us. And that's really frightening because it's, like, if we can't communicate with you... We can't get on the same page. If we can't get on the same page about basic facts, if you will refuse to concede 
that this video has been altered, that Nancy Pelosi didn't, was not drunk, did not sound like that. If you won't accept that as a fact, how can we move forward? You know, and that's not to say that only Republicans have confirmation bias. Liberals absolutely have confirmation bias, too. It's just that when the right has it, we're all fucking dead. If you refuse to accept that climate change is real, if you reject 90% of the scientific community, we can never get on the same page. We can never go forward. We're fucking dead. <sighs> Guys, I did say it was the bad news section. But do you know what I mean? I, we're just dealing with completely separate realities. We have one set of facts, usually, but totally different realities. And the right truly, genuinely believes in their hearts that their facts are the right facts. And they're not. And I just don't know how we go forward. And to her credit, Elizabeth Warren has shown us she's going to very red districts, very red districts that voted for Trump. And she's talking to people about their jobs and living wages and occupational safety issues and environmental issues. And she, through endless patience, and supreme intelligence is winning some people over. Because now that, you know, some people in Trump counties, very red counties, he said he was going to keep their jobs. Their jobs went overseas, just like all the other jobs. And now they're pissed, and they want an explanation. And thankfully, people like Elizabeth Warren, she is a tremendous communicator. She has a way of breaking things down. Can you tell I'm an Elizabeth Warren stan? <laughs> Uh, it's not a secret. Um, but she is a great communicator. She has a way of breaking things down into th their simplest, most easy-to-understand forms. Not in a condescending way. She's just a great communicator. Um, and she is wooing some people. So I think she is showing the, the way forward, which is we have to communicate to people. And this is easy for me to say because I'm not doing the on-the-ground work. But there are so many people who are doing this. Going to these areas, breaking it down, explaining why their jobs left. And it's not because of Mexicans. It says these giant multinational corporations want to save on taxes and they go to countries that won't tax them as high. Explaining stuff like that so they understand who the enemy is. Explaining why their wages are stagnant and, and now are declining. Because you, the right busted unions. That's why. Because you can't collectively bargain anymore. And that is your only strength. If you can get enough people to understand that, but before you can do that, you have to cut through the noise. And this is a classic example of that fucking noise. We can't even talk about the rich fucking us because we're talking about, is Nancy Pelosi drunk? Because somebody edited a video and released it, and now 2.3 million people saw it. So we're talking about this bullshit instead of talking about how all the rich people, including Nancy Pelosi, are benefiting from a gamed system where the 99% are barely getting by. And that includes liberals like me in my little blue enclave in New York City and people in, in like rural Kentucky. And I think people like AOC and, and Elizabeth Warren are showing that their messages play in very rare red areas if they can communicate those ideas, if they can cut through the propaganda. And it's not easy because places like Fox News have been spouting propaganda about like liberal elites 
in our blue bubbles for decades. So first they have to cut through all that noise. But thankfully, and I don't know if you've ever done this, if you actually sit down with someone face to face and like force them to contend with your humanity, like I'm a person, I'm not a liberal caricature, and you're a person, you're not a conservative caricature, and if we can talk, people are way more civil face to face than they are online. So that's encouraging. Not to be like, I don't wanna be a total buzzkill and be like, oh, we can't even communicate with each other, what's the point? I'm just saying it's going to be tremendously difficult because of a noise machine like this. And, you know, misinformation in general. It is very, very, very hard to get people to unbelieve something once they believe it. Once they're like, but I saw that video on Facebook. So she was drunk. I, I saw it. And for you to be like, no, that was edited. It's, it's virtually impossible to get people to unbelieve it. Okay, so also in bad news, it's Nancy Pelosi again. Uh, so there are now a bunch of Democratic politicians calling for the impeachment of Trump. And Nancy Pelosi uh, has been dancing around that and refusing to commit, um, you know, not saying what the strategy is going to be for the Democrats moving forward. Um, so according to one aide of Nancy Pelosi, they spoke with NBC News. And this is so fucking utterly bizarre. Pelosi said that Trump, quote unquote, wants to be impeached so that he can be vindicated by the Senate. If you think Trump has a mind that can think that far ahead, I don't know what to tell you. The man isn't, like, here's the thing. People who think that Trump is playing some kind of six-dimensional chess, it's like, have you heard this man try to string three sentences together? He mispronounces words that a five-year-old would know. You know, like, he's not a smart man. He's very, 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 very stupid. So to say that he would be willing to get impeached because he knows the Senate would vindicate him is just false. Now, if you, as Nancy Pelosi, want to say, I don't want to push for impeachment because it would be bad for my brand. And I don't want to take the L. I don't want to take... Um, the the damage to my reputation or whatever whatever Nancy Pelosi is very 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 good at playing the game it's just not the game that most democrats think she's playing they think she's this master sort of um not manipulator but like master um like sort of a Varys character if you watch game of thrones where she knows so much and she has a way of getting under people's skin and she has a way of making people do things and they don't even realize they're doing it and it's all for the benefit benefit of the Democratic Party. No, it's not. Nancy Pelosi does stuff that benefits Nancy Pelosi. Make no mistake. That is what's happening right now. And that's not, you know, to adopt the sort of misogynist language that's always surrounding Nancy Pelosi which, you know, like the right hates Nancy Pelosi so much because she's an older, powerful woman. 
So they love portraying her as being shrill or hysterical or now that she's, um, you know, significantly older, uh, unraveling in some kind of way. The same thing they did with Hillary Clinton when she was dehydrated that one time and she fainted. Um, meanwhile, male politicians faint too, but she's a woman. So therefore she's frail. She's dying. She can't be president. And with Nancy Pelosi, it's, uh, she's drunk or she's, um, having some kind of mental episode and, you know, she can't speak anymore. How could she possibly lead the Democrats and stuff like that? That is separate from what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is that someone in Nancy Pelosi's position, House Speaker, a career politician, someone who has been around as long as her, is inherently corrupt. Uh, the same way Joe Biden is inherently corrupt. I would put them in the exact same tier. They take a huge amount of corporate donations. They've done a lot of damage to the 99% in this country in their time in power. Are they moderately better than the Republicans? Yeah. Does that make them good? No. And never, never, never think that Nancy Pelosi would do anything for the greater good if it would damage herself. She will never do that. So if she is looking at the idea or the process of impeachment and for a second thinks, this could come back and hurt me, she won't do it. It doesn't matter if it's better for the country. It doesn't matter if it's the right thing to do. Never put all of your your coins on Pelosi, you know, thinking she'll, this is the thing. Why would you ever think anything Trump has done will be like the bridge too far? He should, if we lived in a rational world, he first of all would not be president. But any number of the scandals that have happened since he's been president would have already brought him down. So if you think Nancy Pelosi is the one <laughs> who's going to bring him down, oh, buddy. Well, I hope you don't think that. Guys, that was a lot of bad news. Believe it or not, I had way more bad news to uh, tell you as well. But I held back for your own mental well-being and my own mental well-being. Let's end things on a good note. Here is your good news. <laughs> First in good news, bye, Teresa. Bye-bye. Teresa May is resigning as the UK Prime Minister because turns out when you do a bad job as a leader, people ask you to leave, whether you're a man or a woman. And she got very emotional. She got very um, weepy, which is what happens when you um, are friendly to Nazis. That is like, you know, when when you court right-wing extremists who don't want immigrants to come into your country, that tends to come back in bad ways where whether you're crying at a podium, dabbing at your own cheeks, or hunched down in a bunker wondering, Hitler, have you gone too far? Should you shoot yourself right now? And then you do because you're a bad man. Am I calling Theresa May Hitler? You know, uh, no. I think that that doesn't add anything to a conversation. Um, did they both court 
right-wingers who hated immigrants and hated immigration and were incredibly racist. Uh, yeah. So they would have believed, here's what I'm saying. If they were at a cocktail party, they would have stuff they talked about and agreed on for a while before maybe they got to something where Teresa was like, okay, hold on. What are you saying? Concentration what? Oh, 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 oh. Maybe that would have been a bit too far. Anyway, so Jeremy Corbyn, leader of the opposition Labor Party, uh, said that May made the right decision. Here's the fucked up thing, though. And I know we're in the good news section, but I do have to acknowledge that this is happening now. If you saw the Game of Thrones finale, and again, if you didn't, maybe skip this part. I'll try to be as general about it as possible. There is a moment where uh, the leaders of the realm have gathered to appoint a new leader of something. This is a huge spoiler. Even if I talk about it very broadly, uh, it's a huge spoiler. So a character in that scene proposes (laughs) essentially democracy, saying, why don't we allow the people to choose their leader? And everybody laughs at him because they're like, oh, you idiot. We might as well let our horses vote. And that is what's happening in the UK right now, you guys. Now party leaders will be the ones to choose a new leader. Not the people. The people don't get to go to the ballots and vote for a prime minister. Because what happens when a prime minister steps down is there's a whole other process where now the leaders in parliament choose who the next leader is. And guess who's leading the pack right now? Boris Johnson. So if you think things are going to get better now that Theresa May is stepping aside, oh, I would I would not bet on that, my darlings. So also, but Theresa May is leaving, so yay. And also suffered consequences for stupid Brexit. So uh, serves you right. Also in good news, a second federal judge has now rebuffed Trump's sweeping attempt to block House lawmakers from accessing his financial records. Handing him, ugh, so sad, another defeat in a fight that has infuriated the president and opened deep rifts with the Democrats as though um, they didn't already have deep rifts. This is CNN, so if it's badly written, there you go. Uh, So Judge Edgardo Ramos in New York on Wednesday refused to block subpoenas from the House Intelligence and Financial Services panels for Trump's financial... financial records from Deutsche Bank and Capital One. Deutsche Bank was pretty much like, here are the records. Like, just hand them over. We don't want anything to do with this anymore. Not to paint Deutsche Bank in a good light because uh, they've committed many, many crimes. And um, we're big players during the financial meltdowns. So, you know, all big banks suck. You know, you know the drill. You've been around a minute. So I'm putting this in the good news section. Again, not because I think... Trump will suffer any meaningful consequences for any of this, such as being impeached or anything like that. But I just like knowing that something like this ruined his day. Because you know they had to, like, go tell him about this, where they were like, hey, um, so remember how it seemed like Deutsche Bank wasn't going to hand over your financial records to, um, to the government? Um, they did now. And you know he blew up and yelled a lot and got really red, 
probably started sweating, had to go sit down for a while. You know it like wrecked his day. And that makes me happy. That puts a little smile on my face, you know? Any moment that man suffers is uh, for the greater good, I believe. So speaking of Trump suffering, speaking of Trump not being the, uh, the sharpest tool in the shed, I wanted to talk about the Rex Tillerson business. On Tuesday, former Secretary of State Rex Tillerson made a surprise appearance in front of the House Foreign Affairs Committee to uh, say some uh, not-so-nice things about Trump. In the meeting, the purpose of which was unknown until the Washington Post revealed it Wednesday night, Tillerson told committee members that Trump was steamrolled by Putin during the first meeting between the two leaders, which took place in Germany in 2017. Okay, so no great surprise there, right? Trump who claims to be this master negotiator, is actually really crap at business, um, you know, bankrupt, uh, not anywhere, not worth anywhere near where he claims to be uh, worth. A terrible businessman, terrible negotiator, terrible communicator, just bad, bad at everything, right? So Tillerson was invited to speak to the committee by Chairman Elliot Engel, the New York congressman and the former Exxon CEO, uh, oh, sorry, and the former Exxon CEO was reportedly eager to do so. Yeah, let's all remember Tillerson's a former Exxon CEO. Oh, boy. We're more like Russia by the day. Uh, in the seven-hour session, Tillerson said the U.S. was not prepared for an extended sit-down between Trump and Putin in Hamburg, and the president was uh, especially un- unprepared Quote, we spent a lot of time in the conversation talking about how Putin seized every opportunity to push what he wanted. Um, Sorry, guys, I'm setting an alarm for something. An aide who was present for Tillerson's remarks told the Post, there was a discrepancy in preparation and it created an equal footing. So blah, 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 blah. Uh, Trump was not prepared for this in the slightest. No great surprise, right? So Trump finds out that (laughs) Tillerson was talking mad trash and blows up. Like, you can set your watch to it. Like, he he instantly takes to Twitter and said, Rex Tillerson, a man who is dumb as a rock, and he put those, that in quotation marks because he doesn't fucking know what quotation marks are for, what they're for. So it's like, all right. If you use quotation marks, you're either quoting someone, in which case, who the fuck are you quoting right now? But he's not quoting anybody. It's just what he believes. Or the quotation marks mean you don't really mean the thing you're saying. So do you not really mean he's dumb as a rock? Obviously, he does mean he's dumb as a rock. He's just so stupid. So Rex Tillerson, a man who is dumb as a rock and totally ill-prepared and ill-equipped to be Secretary of State, made up a story. He got fired. He put that in parentheses. Again, doesn't understand how to use punctuation. That I was out-prepared by Vladimir Putin at a meeting in Hamburg, Germany. I don't think Putin would agree. Look how the U.S. is doing! Exclamation point. Which, first of all, what the fuck are you talking about? Look how the U.S. is doing? Badly? Is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about how the, 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 are you talking about Russian bots? Are you talking about the interference? And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so for the reason I'm putting this in the good news section is because I love a good self-own 
when people are trying to burn somebody online and they inadvertently s confess something about themselves or say something that really undercuts, uh, undercuts themselves. So this is a classic cell phone by Trump um, because he spent so long trying to convince all of us that Rex Tillerson was qualified to hold his position as Secretary of State. Uh, let's look at this tweet from December 13th, 2016. The thing, I like, the thing I like best about Rex Tillerson is that he has a vast experience at dealing successfully with all types of foreign governments. Okay, also on the same day, I've chosen one of the truly great business leaders of the world, Rex Tillerson, chairman and CEO of ExxonMobil, to be Secretary of State. Oh my God, here's the thing. I'm not claiming Rex Tillerson is a genius or, or smart or even kind of okay at, at when he was Secretary of State. Appointing him Secretary of State was one of the biggest examples of cronyism and gross capitalism that Trump has done so far during his administration. Chairman and CEO of ExxonMobil getting appointed to be Secretary of State is a pure, such a pure example of crony capitalism. However, you can't go from saying, calling somebody a truly great business leader of the world, someone who has vast experience, to calling him dumb as a rock. So it's like, if he is indeed dumb as a rock, you too are dumb as a rock because you appointed him Secretary of State, you dumbass. You can't do both things. And that's why I love this. And I'm putting it in the good news section. I love me a good cell phone. And Trump is amazing at them. Probably because his memory doesn't stretch back further than like 30 seconds. Because all he does all day is watch Fox News. Which, man, is anybody doing an experiment right now to figure out if that's like lowering IQ levels? Just watching Fox News all day? He doesn't read. Um, you know, like, he's not a smart man. So, and that would be okay if he wasn't also so evil and hurting people. Like, if he was just a big dum-dum on his own and he was just sitting quietly at home being a lovable dum-dum, I wouldn't make fun of him not being very smart. But he's the leader of the free world and he, uh, I don't like that expression. I don't know why I just said it. He's the leader of one of the most powerful countries in the world and he's hurting a lot of people. I didn't even get to some of the bad news stories about immigration, but remember when I said sometimes we end on um, a little bit of a down note? Uh, a girl who was 10 years old became the sixth known migrant child to die in U.S. custody. So that's what's happening under Trump's leadership. And that's why it's important to pick apart every little thing he says. So, um, yeah, you dumb dumb. You call somebody dumb as a rock? That makes you dumb as a rock. Otherwise, why'd you make them Secretary of State? Anyway, guys, if you have any thoughts about anything I talked about on today's episode, hashtag light trees and pod. I check it all weekend. You know how this goes now. We're a weekly recap show now. So I'll, I'll see you next week, maybe Friday or Saturday, maybe with a host, but maybe not. Um, let me know if you're still liking the co-host free episodes. I mean, not that it matters because truly my schedule will not allow me to always have a co-host. So you know what? Only send good feedback, <laughs> please, for my own mental well-being. And yeah, please do follow us on Twitter, 
like us on Facebook, comment and and heart our posts on uh, Instagram. That's how you sort of game the algorithm and you'll you'll start seeing our posts more and more in your feed. You'll be able to engage more easily. Uh, you have to basically tell your computer that you like us in order for your computer to be like, oh, you want to see these things. I get it. I get it. So uh, have a beautiful weekend. Have a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. If you're traveling, please be safe. Look out for uh, drunk drivers. That's a good positive thing to end on, right? But it's true. It's Memorial Day weekend. People will be stupid. And yeah, um, have a great holiday. And I'll see you next week. I won't see you. I'm not outside your home right now. I'm not watching you. You don't have to be scared of me. I'm not a scary person. I feel good about ending this way. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Allison Kilkenny. Uh, let me know if you have any, any thoughts, notes, um, requests about anything you'd like us to talk about. That's also a fun thing. Oh, if you're a $5 a month member or higher over at my Patreon, you get to send questions or just like comments that we'll read on Light Treason News. So do that as well. Have a glorious, glorious day. Defeat all of your enemies. Um, what do we say to the god of death? Not today. Carpe diem. All that good stuff. Um, thrive. Um, be fruitful. Multiply. Let the force be with you. Thanks for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs>